Well, the commodity markets for grain and livestock closed for Good Friday. A volatile week of trading, you know, beans up and down like a yo-yo, but still the bottom continued to fall out of the grain market for the most part, ended pretty much right across the board to end the week, partly because of cheaper prices for corn and soybeans being exported out of Brazil. We'll talk about that, and of course, interest rates still on the minds of farmers and ranchers as we get into the planting season. We'll talk about all of it coming up. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And I've, I've said it so many times recently, I, I, I'm almost wondering, you know, why do you keep beating this dead horse? But it's because I get headlines across my desk almost every day of the week about what's going on with the Farm Bureau in D.C. Right now, this fight against Biden's new WOTUS rule again this last week. We've got news about that coming up fighting for improvements in the new farm bill and how are you going to pay for that as well? None of that is possible without your support. The Farm Bureau's efforts to push back against these things. So support your local Farm Bureau online at itpaystobeamember.org. Well, John Cavanaugh, it seems like as we watch this export sales report here in recent weeks, it's really hard to know, it seems, from week to week exactly how to feel about it. I guess with all the flash sales that we've seen in recent weeks, it kind of gives us this false sense of optimism. And then we have export sales like we had here this past week where old crop corn comes in at 1.247, kind of right in the middle of the pack. Soybeans completely falls out of bed. Very unsupportive. I, I, you know, how do you view this thing on a week-to-week basis? Well, we are uncertain about it. Corn is continuing to fall behind. Now, we made up some ground this past week. Well, we've got a long ways to catch up. You know, last week we were 74 million bushels behind the pace needed to hit the USDA projection. Right. Yeah, we're not quite that far behind now. We made up a little ground, but it's unlikely that we're going to make up the whole thing. So people are watching this corn very closely because let's remember that as of now, and it'll be true right up until uh, next fall, probably the middle of next fall, the U.S. is going to have the cheapest corn in the world. So if the rest of the world needs corn, They're going to have to come here. But, you know, as we well know, the corn export sales out of the U.S. this year have been extremely disappointing. So that gets a lot of attention. Soybeans, oh, my goodness, you're right there. (laughs) They fell off the board this week. But then again, you know, you told me earlier, Rob, soybeans coming out of Brazil going to China as one example. They're a buck 80 cheaper than the U.S. Is that amazing? Compared to what's coming out of our Gulfport locations, they were talking that, okay, we got to put that into perspective. That's a buck 80. That's probably on the very high end. But, John, even if the average is like a buck 50 over, that's still pretty remarkable. It's, incredible. it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, differential that I've ever seen in the past 50 years. And, and of course, you know, past 50 years don't count because uh, Brazil didn't become a factor when it comes to soybean <laughs> exports until about 30 years. Yeah, right. So, therefore, I think we're looking at the cheapest discount to the U.S. that we've ever seen. I'm certain of that. However, that number of beans did bring in some cancellations to get that low. And some of those are cancellations were with China. Yeah. And that just created all of the volatility here in the market this past week. And, you know, I mean, part of it was the shortened work week with uh, Good Friday being a day off for all of the markets gives you a three-day weekend. And that always creates some volatility. These guys trying to square up positions as you go into a weekend with a lot of unknowns about how the week is going to start the following week. But I mean, you know, we were well off the recent lows with soybeans at one point this past week. But, you know, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago about the dramatic swings in the prices in soybeans. I mean, this past week was like a 90 cent swing in just the last nine trading sessions. We bounced back up over $15. I think everybody got all jacked up about that and thought, 
oh boy, after we were down to what, a low of like 1420? That's correct. And frankly, the word on the street was that soybeans were not going to hit $15 again. Well, then the stocks report came out back on March 31st, and it was a lot lower than expected. And boom, we went above $15. And so uh, the soybean thing is all over the place. We're still very, very tight. And that brings me to the April 11th, next Tuesday, supply and demand estimate. The market's going to watch that a lot closer than it usually does because our stocks reports, both corn and beans, were lower than expected. So how's the government going to account for that? Now, here's what You can mark this down and watch these numbers when they come out Tuesday, because the average guess is that USDA is going to put the projected corn stocks at the end of this year at $1.320 billion. That's down from a month ago at $1.342 billion. You know, Rob, I wouldn't be surprised if that came out below $1,300, which would be quite bullish. So watch that one. They're going to lower it because of the stocks number. Remember, the stocks report showed corn stocks in all positions. 69 million bushels lower than it projected. So how are you going to account for that? If you took all that 69 million off, we'd be looking at about a 1280 carryover. Well, the exports are running so poorly that the thinking is the government may readjust exports again, lower the exports again, therefore raising the carryover from what Uh, you think it's to be. Gotcha. It's coming from that. But it's going down because of that stocks report, which was considerably lower than expected. And the same thing happened with soybeans. Uh, As we said last week, the soybean stocks came out 57 million bushels lower than the average guess. The widest variation that we've seen in 25 years. The average guess, write this number down, folks. The average guess for the carryover on soybeans is 198 million versus 210 a month ago. Now, that's below 200. We're getting real tight on soybeans. But is that number still too high? Are they going to come out lower? Let's wait and see because, you know, the demand for soybeans crushes set new records this past month. You know, it was higher than expected, a little higher than expected. And soybean exports, even though they're falling off the table, they're still above projections. They need to fall off the table just to reach the USDA goal. You follow that? I do. Over the whole year has been strong for soybeans. And I get from what you're saying that you're expecting perhaps a bit of a surprise in this coming Tuesday's report. Yes, we could have a surprise. Watch that one very closely. Let's shift gears here because I've got something I've really been wanting to talk to you about, and that is Argentina. Now, reportedly, they are starting their soy dollar plan today and run it until May 24th. And the word, at least out of South America and some of the analysts, they're saying that uh, they're offering producers a favorable exchange rate above the official number of 210 pesos per dollar. They offered 230 pesos per USD, but apparently they're even looking at higher than that. Well, Rob, I've heard, according to a, a, a very respected analyst in the grain markets, that's going to be 300 for selling soybeans. The exchange rate will be three. 300 pesos per dollar, whereas the going rate, the the current going rate is 210. Why are they doing this? Because they want the farmer to sell soybeans. The Argentine farmer is aggressively holding on soybeans. The government wants him to move those soybeans and generate some cash into the country. And so they're coming out with this favorable uh, soybeans uh, for dollars program. But it's kind of amazing that the Argentine farmer still has 17% of last year's crop on hand, and he's only sold so far this year five and a half million tons of soybeans <laughs> which is a very small percentage about 17 percent of this year's crop it's always been sold so far despite these real high prices but of course that's because argentina 
has had a disastrous. They've lost almost mm, half of yeah. the production because of drought, and the farmers are holding on tightly. So the government said, "Okay, we'll give you more pesos if you sell those soybeans, you know, for because the, they sell them in dollars, and we'll give you more pesos." Which is really essentially what's that doing? It's raising the price of those soybeans sharply to the farmer. On the other hand, what has been going on down there because of the crushers in Argentina, they've been not necessarily selling the beans, but they've been actually importing beans from their neighbors to the north in Brazil. Speaking of Brazil, Brazil's estimated April soybean exports were at 13.7 million metric tons, up from 11.4 million last year. But, John, here, here's the part that kind of got me was is that uh, the, the comparison with corn, corn only at 207,000 tons versus 13.7 million metric tons of beans, but only 207,000 tons of corn down from 943,000 tons a year ago. What's going on right now that would create well, I, that kind of a difference? They're out of corn. Let's go back a couple of months ago, not even that far. They were out competing in the U.S. when it comes to price because they had an excess supply of corn. And they were very aggressive on selling it, you know, because they had no places to store it. They had to get rid of it and they sold it. And now it's gone. The U.S. has taken over, of course. So it's a seasonal thing. Now, you, you pointed out that versus a year ago, it's even lower than a year ago. I think that's telling you how aggressive they were the past several months. They mm. were very aggressive when it comes to selling corn. And I'd also also like to point out that when it comes to Brazil, Argentina is having a terrible year. Brazil's having a super year. Yeah, it looks like they're going to have record production in both corn and soybeans. Watch those numbers come Tuesday. The USDA is probably going to lower corn and bean production in Argentina. They're probably going to slightly increase corn and bean production mm. in Brazil. Well, we'll and- see. And then in addition to that, you know, something that you brought up a couple of months ago, and that was this whole deal that happened between Brazil and China. So, you know, uh, they had a ready market to just uh, offload those corn bushels as fast as they could, pretty much. Well, as we wrap up here at the end of the program, we take a look at uh, weather because pretty much what's going to be driving the market now for a while is weather, weather and uh, weather for probably the next several weeks and months. And boy, some pretty decent weather as we go into the Easter weekend here. Uh, actually, John, I'm hearing some people saying on my dirt that perks a whole lot better. Some of my sandy soil dried out. I might even be able to get out and do some field work here over the next seven days. Well, that's what broke the market on Friday. Well, actually, it's been breaking it all week. But Friday was a really weak day for corn. Corn had four consecutive weeks of a higher close, so it was overbought and ready for a break. However, uh, one of the things that broke it, we had a three-day weekend coming up on Friday, yesterday. Do you want to go into that weekend with that weather forecast long for <laughs> No. No. If we've seen the forecast, we're going to hit the 70s, even 81 day uh, projected for next week. And this is basically true throughout the eastern belt and through the central part of the Midwest. And the six to 10 day forecast is calling for hot and dry. Well, warm and dry. Let's not call it hot. Warm and dry for the next uh, six to 10 days. Holy cow. The market's feeling like we're going to get into the beginning of planting season and make some progress. Not much, maybe we're going to get started. So this has brought a bearish tone to the market. Thank you, John Cavanaugh. John and I got a chance to go and see David Coley here this past week and see how he is doing after his accident, doing remarkably better. And we're anxious, obviously, to have our friend back with us again. The guys are brought to you by 
the Allen County Farm Bureau. And like I've been saying, the Farm Bureau is really busy in D.C. right now in the fight against Biden's new waters of the U.S. rule, critical for farming, as well as fighting for improvements in the Farm Bill. I am going to be in D.C. in about a week and a half and looking forward to talking with some of the people who are on the front lines of that. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and national level are only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. So please consider supporting your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.